0: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? I have been doing this show for two years now, Chris. I don't know that I've ever been as excited to talk about a history individual as I am to talk about this person. In my opinion, and I'm not just saying this on a whim here, I actually, because I'm a nerd with his stuff, I actually spent 20 minutes to myself last night thinking through this, going over all the other possibilities, agonizing over it, arguing with myself. And I have to tell you, I think this person is the most interesting person in the history of the United States of America. And there's a way above average chance that you don't know about him. You've probably heard his name. Almost undoubtedly you've heard his name. My word, please tell me you've heard his name. But you probably don't actually know about the man. He is, well... Let me see if I can put it to you this way. His name is Thomas Jackson, known as Stonewall Jackson. Probably the only reason he's not a household name in every single place in this country is he fought for the South. We'll go into all that. Don't worry. We don't hold back with anything on this show. We're going all into north, south, anything. He thought that if he ingested black pepper, that it would make his left leg itch or ache, depending on which source you go to. I've read I've read I've read a dozen things on Jackson by this point in time. Some say ache, some say itch. He is in some ways, you hear stories about Stonewall Jackson, and I'm actually thinking about the best way to put this because I don't want to put it wrong. Not that I'm worried about offending you or anybody else. You know I don't care about that. I'm not sure the accurate way to put it. You hear certain things about Stonewall Jackson, like I'll describe today, and you think, I think he's special needs in some way. I don't understand all the different mental you know, health diagnosis out there. Psychotic, possibly. Asperger's, maybe autism. Certainly not something with a low IQ, but he sounds like an insane person. Many of the things we'll describe today will make him sound like an insane person. Insane. However, if you're going into battle, they're very well, there very well may not be a person in the history of mankind. you would want to train you and lead you in battle more than Stonewall Jackson. Which I find him, I find that makes him even more interesting because so often, people with his little, I don't even know if I want to call them flaws. I'm not trying to be overly kind to the man, but people with his little quirks, if you will, they don't make good generals, commanders, especially when I lay out for you all the things that were off and different about Stonewall. You would, you read Stonewall's story separate from the battles, and you think to yourself. This has to be the worst human being in the history of mankind to lead men in combat. There's no way this guy's functional. And yet I'll put it to you this way. His men, they thought he walked on water. And they knew and laughed at all the weird things about him. The northerners, the northerners thought Stonewall Jackson walked on water. If they heard he was nearby, they'd ask just to look at him. That's the enemy general. He is unlike any American I've ever read about in my entire life. And what floored me was last night, just as a test, as you know, I I don't run in political circles. On purpose. Now, I have a ton of friends in this business, pundits and politicians and otherwise, just because of what I do. But I don't live in DC. I don't live in New York. I live in the suburbs of Houston, Texas. And when I'm not here talking to you or talking to you on television for an hour a day, I am hanging out with non political people, mostly Republican, but normal people, business owners, general managers salesmen pharmacists i mean you just normal suburban middle america stuff so i'm genuinely curious what people know and don't know and i shot off a text last night to a few of my buddies separately and asked them how much they knew about stonewall jackson one of them said who the other two said I know he was a Civil War general, and one of those two guys said he was for the South, right? Now, I don't do this thing because I geek out on history. I'm totally aghast when other people don't know history things. I don't do that thing. But there are some parts of your country you really should learn about, and boy, does it show The anti-Southern bias, if you will, of our education system. Is that fair, Chris? Anti-Southern bias. And let's just dig into this before we dig into Stonewall and make sure everybody is nice and offended before we get going. I do not take sides in the Civil War. You offended yet? I don't care. You will be if you're not yet and this is why i don't take sides one i view slavery as being absolutely repugnant uh, for one human being to do that to another i find it to be repugnant however and you're going to hear a lot of howevers because i see every side in this in this issue however i also acknowledge that was up to that point, really, the history of mankind, not America. The history of mankind is slavery, owning them, trading them of various colors, racist. Guess what? Go get a DNA test somewhere in your background. Your people were slaves or owned them and most likely both. That's the history of the world. I'm glad slavery has gone from America because it's awful. However, the South had every single right to secede, every right within the laws of the Constitution to secede, and the Southern states would have never signed on to the Constitution and agreed to be a United States of America if they thought they couldn't secede. Let's continue on with this contradictory way I view the Civil War. Abraham Lincoln I think he is an abundantly decent, well-meaning man. I think he could possibly be the most moral man to ever stand in the White House. A human being felt he was called by God to do good. And black people aren't slaves today in large part to Abraham Lincoln's presidency. All that's true. However... Abraham Lincoln was also somebody who way overstepped his bounds of the Constitution and expand the powers of the presidency in ways it was never supposed to be. You mad yet? You will be soon. Hometitlelock.com. Go there now. Don't even wait for me to get done. Just for today, that's all I'm asking. Go to hometitlelock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim of home title theft. Because if you are, you need to catch it now. That's part of what makes this crime so damaging. They go online. They steal your home title. They forge your signature on it. Take a loan out against it. Now, they're not stealing your home. They just want the loan money. But the damaging part is you don't know. You might be throwing away actual bills you should be looking into because you didn't take out a loan. You don't know. People have been evicted because of this crime. Don't let that happen to you. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Don't forget to use the promo code RADIO. Gets you 30 days for free. Jesse Kelly. Civil War, which I love, is complicated. And what's wild about it is I'll get more hate mail for this, for this take, for this segment than I do for anything else because people still feel so strongly about it, which is another reason I love it so much. And you will have, i might what's wild is my emails will come from everywhere. I will have emails from some Northeast college student or from some guy who's only ever lived in New Jersey. And he will tell me, he will scream at me about the evils of slavery and how evil the South was. And I know, I understand slavery was evil. And I will get emails from the South talking about how it was just, it was their way of life. And there were so many in the South. I mean, 99% of the Southerners, I actually think it was 99% of the Southerners, didn't even own slaves. And it was, I know, I get it, dude. I get it. I love you both, brother. I'm not one of these ones who looks at the Civil War and hates both. I love you both. I, I see the complications. And back to Lincoln. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, for a long time, while he was absolutely an abolitionist, Abraham Lincoln told the South, though no, you can keep your slaves. Just come back to the United States of America. Did you know that about St. Abraham Lincoln? Did you know that St. Lincoln at one point proposed, okay, what we'll do is we'll free them and then we'll we'll send them to Liberia. He wanted to free and deport all the slaves. Did you know that about St. Abe? And then, again, however, I'm not insulting Lincoln. He was trying to deal with the facts on the ground, with how people felt in the day. I love the Civil War for its complications and contradictions. I love the Civil War for the odd little things that happen. Generals fighting each other when they're lifelong friends. One of them finding out the other one's dead and weeping. I love it. And nobody epitomizes contradictions and complications like Stonewall Jackson. Obviously, he was not born Stonewall. was born Thomas Jackson. And he was born... Well, pretty much an orphan. His father died when he was two years old. Two years old, he lost his father. Typhoid, I believe. Only five years later, he loses his mother. Got a couple siblings at this time. And during this time, well, Stonewall, he gets bounced around a lot. And when I say bounced around, understand that that's how it happened back in these times. Obviously, there were were orphanages. I don't want to act like there weren't orphanages. But during these times, families were big. You had lots and lots of children. Sadly, lots of your children would die because that's just the era it was. But lots and lots of children give you big families, aunts, uncles, cousins, all over the place. And there was a real Christian sense because the nation was so Christian from its founding all up through this time. You know, we haven't really lost that a- I would say, what, 50, 60 years ago, I would guess we started to fray away from that. And no, I'm not doing that thing. We were all so pious and saintly back in the day, but today it's the the day of evil. I'm not saying that. I just mean whether you were or not or are or not is a personal choice, but as a nation, our culture was that. And part of Christian culture is, everyone knows it, take care of widows and orphans. What I'm saying is when your third cousin's son loses his father, you are expected to aid in the raising of that child. Now, oftentimes those duties were divvied up and the Jackson kids were passed around. I have a theory on this with absolutely nothing to to back it up. My theory is Stonewall would have been a very, 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 very difficult child to raise, and that's part of the reason they got passed around. When we go into more and more of his idiosyncrasies, you'll see this is a guy, like I said, something's wired different, and I can imagine as a child... It would be very difficult for a parent. You're bringing a child into your home that's not your own. You may not meet, may not even really want him there, and now this child is off. Literal. When I say literal, I mean you could probably call this guy the most literal human being on earth. Literal as in... He, If you asked him, if you were in a conversation with him, he was famous for this, and you would say, as people did back in the day, just like today, you would finish your sentence with, you know, Jackson would respond if he did not know, and he would say, no, I do not know. As if you were asking him a question, he would feel duty-bound to give you an answer and give you the honest answer literal in the sense that, and I'm way fast-forwarding here, don't worry, I'll rewind a little bit, in the sense that when they were marching off to war from Virginia and they were told to leave at 1 o'clock, Jackson was in charge, the uppers had said, make sure you leave at 1 o'clock, everybody is excited, assembled, packed, and ready to go hours early, and Jackson forces everybody to sit there and stand there until... One o'clock. That's when I was told to leave. So that's when I leave. He was so off with other people. He had notes, extended notes. You can go read them to this day that he wrote to himself that helped him function around other people as a member of society. He would come off like he would have notes about about speaking last when you're in groups of not arguing really so much with other people. And why would a guy like that have notes? Well, let's say you and I and a couple friends get together for drinks and it's a light night out. And let's say we're having a blast. It's fun. The mood is great. And one of your friends says, Oh, gosh, I've got to say that Trump, (laughs) I hate him. Horrible president. Anyway, how about those? Uh how about those Yankees or whatever it may be? Now, in general, even in a group of people like you and I, if you're having fun, they're friends, it's a night out. Okay, he's not gonna dwell on it. Let's let that go. Uh, let's get some appetizers, whatever, whatever to blast. Watching the game. Oh, whatever, he let it go. Stonewall Jackson would not let that go. Especially if you made your argument and followed up with any kind of a question, like "Man, Trump is the worst," you know. Well, no, now it's going to be on. Stonewall Jackson was an interesting dude. He, as he's bouncing around from home to home in his childhood, he eventually runs away from home with, <laughs> with his siblings. It essentially lives off the land in the Mississippi River for months. Comes back with, and I don't know if I believe this or not, so I'm just going to have to lay out what the common thinking is. He comes back with a parasite of some kind, a stomach ailment, that will plague him the rest of his life. And I've heard him described as a hypochondriac. I've heard him described a bunch of different ways I have my own theory on Stonewall. I'll explain. You need to have some gold in your portfolio. I've told you this time and time again, and guess what I'm looking at this morning? I'm staring at news about the, how are they putting it today? Let me see here. Volatility of the market. Hmm. How about that? Do you know the stock market took a major dip when the president announced that he had coronavirus? That's how shaky the ground our economy is on, our stock market is on. The announcement that the president is sick costs people money. Get a gold IRA from Gold Alliance so all your money isn't in stocks and bonds. You're going to get cleared out that way. Don't let it happen to you. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. Protect that retirement of yours. Stonewall has a rough upbringing. Stonewall has a fourth grade education. Keep this in mind. A fourth grade education. And because he knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy, one of those my family's Ode a Favor things, he gets in to West Point. West Point. Now, I don't want you to be under the impression that West Point's only a really good school that's really hard to get in now. West Point back then, too, yeah. Um, they're only taking the best and brightest. Stonewall Jackson is welcomed into West Point with a fourth-grade education. He is asked... um. How exactly do you think you're going to survive at West Point with a fourth grade education? Stonewall says, well, I'm just going to outwork everybody else. And that's what he does. You see, it's not all weird things with Stonewall Jackson. And obsessive devotion to duty like I've never seen in another human being in my life. Stonewall Jackson did not smoke, he did not drink, he did not gamble. Stonewall Jackson didn't really have hobbies of any kind. Even later on when he got married, Stonewall Jackson, again, because he has something, someone can probably diagnose him, Stonewall Jackson had every minute of his day absolutely laid out specifically. And when I say specifically, I mean specifically, and this includes a lazy saturday at home with the wife stonewall jackson is up at 6 a.m. for prayers every single day then we are going to have family pl- prayers at 7 a.m. every single day stonewall jackson is going to set aside he had to go teach this is a little later on at a military academy he will teach from this time to this time every single day then he will have time where he's prepping for the next day where he will he, you cannot speak to him he'll do that every single day he will he will set aside Because he knows about his foibles, he will set aside a half hour to sit and talk and laugh with his wife every single day. And the second that half hour is up, you get up and you go right back to doing exactly what you were supposed to do at that exact time. He was, and I'll explain why in a little bit, an awful teacher. You would have wanted to shoot yourself in the face if you had Stonewall Jackson teaching you. He had no ability to speak, no ability to think on his feet, no feel for the room. He would simply sit. Get this. You want want to die? Get this. I'll just tell you now. Stonewall Jackson, when he was teaching later on at the Virginia Military Academy, would stand up in front of a class and simply recite basically verbatim what he had read the night before. And because he didn't think that he should have to, and because he didn't really know how to adjust or explain things, there's more than one recorded example of this. If you asked Stonewall Jackson to explain what he just recited to you at the front of the class, he would just recite the entire thing to you again. The night before when he was preparing for his class the next day because he did not like speaking in front of people yet chose to be a professor, Virginia Military Institute, he would sit a chair facing the wall and nobody, including his wife, was allowed to talk to him as he stared at the wall rod straight. Thinking about his lecture the next day so he can make sure it's ready in his mind. And I don't want you to get the impression he was somehow abusive to his wife. She knew he was off and he adored her. Absolutely adored her and she adored him. That's just who Stonewall was. Even your private time with Stonewall will be regimented. Period. Every day. Stonewall Jackson didn't have a day. Ah, you know, not 6 a.m. prayer. So I'll tell you what, we'll do it at 6.30. I was a little groggy. There was no groggy for Stonewall Jackson. Not that he got. Why did he sit Rod straight? You're probably thinking, well, yeah, military man. No, Stonewall Jackson complained about stomach ailments his entire life. I believe they were mental. I believe a lot of the things we're about to discuss were mental that he created because of his mental unbalance. He sat Rod Straight because he felt that it compressed his internal organs less. So he would sit Rod Straight. His back never touched the back of the chair ever. Not in church on Sundays. Not sitting down at home. Stonewall Jackson would not allow his back to touch the back of a chair. Now, why in the world would people put up with this stuff? And this is the problem some of these people, you may know somebody like this. Maybe you are somebody like this. I know somebody like this. I'll go into this in a little while. Why would people put up with that? Oftentimes, these people, they get really shunned out of general society because There's so much work, and they create so much work for other people around them. And that's not an indictment on them. It's not an indictment on the people who shun them. It's just some people don't fit in the machine in the right ways for everybody, and they end up alone and lonely and ostracized. I mean, this is a guy, you see the things this guy does? And you say to yourself, this guy, is how is he not banished to a cabin in the mountains by himself? Well, because Stonewall Jackson was daggone Achilles. And uh, Audie Murphy and Chesty Poehler rolled into one when you rolled Stonewall Jackson into battle. You see, Stonewall Jackson believed 100% that it was his Christian duty... To be a good man and yet fight like a lion for what's right. And he believed 100%, not lip service, 100% he believed he would not leave this earth, talked about it all the time, one second before God wanted him gone. And whenever that moment was when God wanted him gone, Stonewall Jackson was totally fine with it. And at the end of his life, was absolutely fine with it. Now again... That's really amazing for a battlefield guy. It comes off as really, 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 really ugly when you're discussing other people dying. There's an incredible Civil War documentary. Ked Burns did one. I, I just cannot tell you enough. I tried to get this audio clip, but I couldn't find it anywhere. There's an audio clip of this great Civil War historian, Shelby Foote, talking about Stonewall and how weird some of he was, some of his things were. And I looked this up. It's 100% true. Of course, Shelby Foote wouldn't mess it up. At one point, again, remember, in Stonewall's mind, you die the second God says you're supposed to die and not a minute before, not a minute after. So Stonewall is told of one of his men dying, one of his officers. I think it was a lieutenant. And Stonewall's response is completely emotionless, and he says, oh, that's very commendable, very commendable. Well, yes, and in Stonewall's mind, it would be. Okay, you were born, you died when God thought you should, and you died fighting like a southern Christian man should die fighting, period. There would be nothing sad about that in the mind of somebody like Stonewall. That's what you did. That was your duty to do so, period. That's what you did. And when I say translated, Stonewall Jackson goes and fights in the Mexican-American War as a, as a young man, a young, young soldier, second lieutenant. He goes and fights in this. Oh, by the way, he did graduate West Point, finished 17th in his class. He was like dead last first year because he couldn't, you know, like read and write, just grinded his way up to being 17th in his class. Who does that? Hang on. I'll tell you Mexican-American War. Hang on.
2: is the Jesse Kelly Show.
3: I have had the pleasure of being an RV salesman, an RV sales manager. I've bought and sold several cars and homes in my life, and one of the best lessons my parents ever taught me and they taught me early was your credit score isn't just a sometimes thing. It's everything. It will change your life. You can save over $100,000 on the life of one loan when you have a good credit score versus a bad credit score. And if yours needs some work, ScoreMaster is here for you. On average, their users raise their credit score 61 points in just 20 days. Go now, get ScoreMaster and change things for you. Scoremaster.com slash Jesse. Again, that is scoremaster.com slash Jesse. The Jesse Kelly Show.
2: Subscribe wherever you find podcasts.
3: Remember when I told you Stonewall Jackson was devout in his faith? Also a literalist, remember? So you remember all that stuff in the Bible about the Sabbath being sacred? Yeah, Stonewall Jackson wouldn't mail a letter that would travel on a Sunday, let alone write a letter on a Sunday. That was a sacred day. If it said it right there in the Bible... Stonewall Jackson wasn't one of these people, like so many of us, who just said he believed it. Stonewall Jackson did it, a literalist, in every sense of the word. And literally believed he could not die until God wanted him to, while also being totally fine if that was five seconds from now. He goes to the Mexican-American War, and it turns out this complete, hard-working, Oddball, let's just put it that way. It's completely devoid of fear. As in, suicidally devoid of fear. His troops, in him, he's in the artillery, he's he's working cannons, that's what you need to know. They come under a barrage of Mexican cannon fire. And I mean, it was supposed to be a sea of death. Of cannonballs exploding everywhere as the Mexicans are trying to destroy this American section of artillery. It is so absurdly dangerous that all his men, every single one of them to a man, ran and hid in the roadside ditch and just buried their heads in the ground to try to stay alive for five more seconds. Stonewall Jackson refused to leave the gun. There are cannonballs exploding all around him. One of them landed in between his legs as he was walking. And Stonewall Jackson not only refused to leave the gun, continued to load the gun by himself and fire the gun by himself while insisting to his men they should come back out because it's totally safe. And Stonewall Jackson, as he tells his men it's totally safe, later recounted that that was the first lie he ever told in his entire life. Finally, Stonewall Jackson's commanding general comes onto the scene and observes this absolute psychopath standing by himself At the cannon, being barraged, still untouched by enemy fire, firing in orders that Stonewall take cover with the rest of the troops. Stonewall, as he did several times in his career, refused to obey the order because he said, it'll be as dangerous for me to run to the ditch as it will be just to stay here and keep firing the gun. You want to know why people tolerated Stonewall Jackson? Because of things like that. Widely known, obviously, amongst his troops to be a complete oddball. However, you do things like that, word gets around, and word gets around quickly. Stonewall Jackson is well thought of, to put it mildly, including by people like Winfield Scott in military circles. By the time he leaves that Mexican-American war, he's already a major. Already a major. He went in as a second lieutenant. They're like, who is this freaking guy? A lion in combat. He gets assigned to a fort in Florida. And I should stress that people did not want to go to Florida back before they invented air conditioning. It was a difficult military post, not just because of the heat, but because of the mosquitoes and the malaria. I mean, it's a look, that's a swamp, a hot, swampy environment can be very difficult with, you know, pre-modern technology. Stonewall Jackson goes without complaint. He was infamous for never having complained about the weather ever, ever, ever. If it was too hot, if it was too cold, he would not complain. And remember when I called him a literalist? Here's another example. Stonewall Jackson once had been told to put on his winter uniform, his winter underwear, I should call it, his winter underwear, and then wore them clear through the summer because the Army had never told him it was time to change out of the winter underwear. I was given orders, and these, these are my orders. Goes to Florida. He is in a clash with the commander of the base. Because the commander of the base is walking around with a woman who is not his wife. The woman who's not his wife is a longtime family friend and servant of the commander. However, Stonewall Jackson feels it's inappropriate to walk around with a woman who's not his wife. Now, I have no idea whether something was actually going on with this commander and this woman. It's not my business. I don't care. Stonewall cared because that is a violation of army rules. You cannot do that. Stonewall Jackson reports him and gets the guy transferred. Now, Stonewall Jackson is then invited to VMI, the Virginia Military Institute. Stonewall Jackson heads on down to VMI and proceeds to be the worst college professor in the history of mankind for all the reasons I already laid out for you. Oh, and wait, it gets better. are going to have to do some car repairs. Don't, don't get mad at me. It's not my fault. I'm not wishing it on you. I'm not wishing it on myself. I mean, I'm going through it right now, so I kind of want you to, I'll stop, I'm kidding. But you are, Yeah, I'm not in all seriousness, you are. At some point, you, something's going to go wrong with your car. You need an auto protection plan from CarShield. There's a reason they're America's number one auto protection company. They have a huge range of protection plans. You don't have to get the one I have. I don't have to get the one you do. They have a huge range on them. The payments are flexible. You get to choose the mechanic or dealership, even when you're out on the road. You don't have to go to this one shop and drive by 90 others. Go to carshield.com now. Get a plan today. That's carshield.com. Do not forget to use the code JESSE. That saves you 10%. A deductible may apply. Chris said, you know what? I'm going to get to what Chris said in a minute because it's actually going to get worse. Stonewall Jackson shows up and immediately asks the man in charge of VMI, Uh, I would like a list of all the regulations and rules, please. And as you can imagine, this is Virginia Military Institute, highly, highly regarded. And then and now, I believe it's it's still there. And um, he pretty much memorizes the book and then is constantly harassing other students, not harassing, drumming down on other students whenever they violate regulations, and fellow professors whenever they violate any of the extensive regulations on campus. He is widely mocked, sometimes lovingly, sometimes not, by other students, because he takes no pride whatsoever in his appearance. He's not a general. In that sense, he wears an old faded top. He wears these supposedly the ugliest things you've ever seen in your life. Boots and this hat that looks like it's been driven over by a train. They laugh at him. Stonewall knows they laugh at him and says, well, I probably deserve it. I'm not worried about it. Hang on.
2: Listening to the Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show,
3: Stonewall Jackson. Even gets laughed at by the VMI students when he's in church. Why does he get laughed at in church? Well, Stonewall Jackson sits there straight as an arrow. Again, won't let his back touch the pew. But gets bored. He's a Presbyterian. It's going on a while. And works really, really hard. So eventually, apparently he did this like clockwork. Stonewall Jackson would just lean to the side, showing all the students behind him that he had fallen asleep while sitting up straight in church. And everybody would snicker. You know how kids will do. Stonewall Jackson is eventually told about this. And his response is the ultimate Stonewall. It's, well, if I'm falling asleep in church... I should be laughed at. That's on me. Wasn't offended in the slightest. Again, I deserve that punishment. Period. That's Stonewall Jackson. Speaking of church, Stonewall Jackson was an official in his church. Elder or deacon, I'm not sure. I don't remember. And as such, he was expected to speak at certain times. As you can imagine, a human being like this not a great speaker. And I mean, that's putting it mildly. He was infamous for being extremely quiet. People like that oftentimes learn to be quiet, especially in crowds over time because they they're so used to getting mocked at, mocked, or yelled at for saying something. or in Stonewall's case, just people think he's rude. But he gets up and speaks routinely in church where he stutters and stumbles over all the things he says, the worst speaker anyone's ever heard of. It's so cringeworthy. The church approaches him and tells Stonewall, you don't have to do this anymore. We'll just have someone else speak, and Stonewall says, well, no, that's part of my duty to speak, so I'm going to speak. Period. I have to. I'll just have to get better at it. I'll just have to keep working at it. I love the guy. I'm sorry. I love the guy. And there was always a reverence. It appears that there was always a reverence for him with the students who mocked him because everybody had heard about the Cannon story and his conduct in the Mexican-American War. They called him Old Jack. He wasn't Stonewall yet. He hadn't been given that nickname yet. They called him Old Jack. When he rode a horse... He rode a horse with one of his hands in the air. Many people thought it was because he was praying. It wasn't because he was praying. It's because Stonewall thought that his body was out of balance. Yes, like a bull rider, Chris. Stonewall thought that one of, his bo- that, that one of the sides of his body was out of physical balance, and he held his hand in the air when he rode a horse to balance out his body. But Chris had said to me earlier, the guy sounds like an a-hole. You would have probably thought that in several circumstances. And in many ways, probably was. At least to your eye view. For instance, Stonewall Jackson was brutal to troops who got sick or tired. But is that an a-hole or is that somebody getting his troops ready? I'll tell you what happened. Eventually, they go to war. War is declared. The students gather around. Stonewall actually gives a brief, like, 15-second speech. And the crowd goes so crazy for it that nobody else can speak for a while. And it was, I'm not going to give it the exact quote here, but it was something along the lines of, the time is going to come for war. It's not time yet. But when the time comes, we will draw the sword and throw away the scabbard. Meaning it's on, baby. And Stonewall was ruthless in combat. They march off to get ready for war. He's sent to Harper's Ferry and back to Stonewall being in a-hole, to put it like Chris said it. Stonewall Jackson shows up. He's got 2,500 dudes there, and they're all a bunch of raw recruits and newbies just showing up. Nobody has any experience. This is going to be a good time. You know, young men marching off to war. You know how it is. Woo-hoo-hoo! Stonewall Jackson shows up, and Stonewall Jackson don't play that game. We're not playing camp here. They can play camp other places. Here, you're getting ready for war. Stonewall Jackson proceeds to drill his men for seven hours a day. The federal troops are infamous, like in the first battle of Bull Run, which we won't get to today. We'll get to it in another show another time. They're infamous for partially losing the battle because they can't even march in formation. They'll just stop, go take a drink from the creek, rest, just do whatever they wanted to do. Oh, you don't do that in Stonewall Jackson's group, boy. And don't you dare think we're marching 10 miles today and calling it a day. Stonewall Jackson would march his men, forced marches, 17 hours a day. I've been on forced marches. I would die. Oh, you fall out? Tough. You're court-martialed. Oh, you get sick? Tough. You're court-martialed. Quit shirking your duty. Get back up. When you're training like that, you hate that man. When you get to combat and you're beating the crap out of everybody else, as they did, Stonewall's guys, you start to look at that man a lot, lot differently. Stonewall Jackson was all about that life. Stonewall Jackson was a complicated man. By the way, opposed secession, violently opposed secession. You would definitely have called him a unionist, however... Again, back to the complications of the Civil War. Stonewall Jackson, I I oppose secession. I'm a unionist. The only thing that's going to change my mind is if somebody invades Virginia. He was a Virginian. You invade Virginia, then it's on. And they invaded Virginia. And that's how Stonewall picked his side. They invaded Virginia. I'm... Not going to go into everything else today. One small story I will leave you with before we get to Stonewall's death. There's plenty to talk about when it comes to Stonewall. Stonewall Jackson, while he was training those 2,500 troops, started seizing trains and such that were headed north. On one of these trains, Stonewall Jackson finds an apparently ugly little gelding horse that it looked like Stonewall's feet were almost touching the ground when he got on it. He was going to give the horse to his wife. It's just an ugly, tiny little horse. You know, this is a commander. He's a colonel at this time. Stonewall Jackson is going to give it to his wife. It turns out the horse is ugly. Everybody mocks it, but the horse can run all day long without getting tired while all the other big, beautiful horses are getting tired. Stonewall decides, appearances aside, tell me this isn't the ultimate Stonewall thing. Oh, well, that's my horse now. Chooses that for his horse. So here's the story I want to leave you with. Somebody from the North, not a soldier, a Union person, gets injured on a train. The Southerners had uh, sabotaged the train tracks. There was all kinds of that during the war. And this, like I said, everybody knows about Stonewall by now at this point in the war. They hear that Stonewall is close by. They ask the the Confederate troops that are treating them, they're injured, can I see him? I just want to lay eyes on this man. Who hasn't heard of Stonewall Jackson? They're lifted up because Stonewall is riding by, and this person lays their eyes on Stonewall Jackson with his hideous faded uniform, disgusting cap, ugly boots, and tiny horse that looks like it's a pony. And this is a direct quote. This person says, oh, my God, lay me down. So disappointed at the sight of him. I'll tell you something funny about that. Hang on. Your credit score, well, even if it hasn't meant everything to you yet, there's going to come a time in your life when it does. When you are sitting in a car dealership and you find out the difference between your good credit score payment and your bad credit score payment. Or they tell you, we can't get you done at all. When you decide you want to go out and buy that RV, that boat, that motorcycle, when you decide you want to buy a home, it's that moment, it's that moment where you will say to yourself, either, man, I'm glad I took care of my credit, or, oh, I can't believe I let my credit go bad. Make sure your credit's fine. Go to ScoreMaster and raise your credit score, maybe 61 points in 20 days. Go to scoremaster.com slash at scoremaster.com slash Jesse.
2: Jesse Kelly returns
3: next. The quote from this Northerner direct quote was, Oh my God, lay me down. As you can imagine, the Confederate soldiers who well knew about Stonewall by this time, his absurdly brave leadership and his complete weirdo tendencies thought this was the funniest thing in the history of mankind because they knew too. I mean, they can see. So it becomes something that spreads throughout the Confederate army throughout the war of whenever you're faced with something that turns out to be a total disappointment, the Confederate soldiers would say to each other, Oh my God, lay me down in reference to what this Northerner said about Stonewall Jackson. (laughs) I love this guy. The best. Absolutely the best. There are, A thousand other Stonewall stories, I promise you, I will tell you another time. We're going to do a lot more Civil War than we've been doing on the show. I know I've done it before, I'm going to do it again. You know we bounce around a lot, I like to do that. I think it keeps the show more interesting, but I will leave you with this. You remember how sacred Stonewall Jackson thought the Sabbath was? It was everything to him, and he had a desire, a stated desire, to die on the Sabbath. He ends up, as happens in battle, getting hit by his own troops. There's just so much confusion. Gets shot in his, by his own troops, shatters his left arm, has to amputate it. From what I understand, he has a funeral service for his left arm, but took it in stride like everything else. However, pneumonia sets in. Now, pneumonia can be deadly, obviously, today, very, very deadly back then. He dies on May 10th, 1863. And these were his last words and he dies on the Sabbath, May 10th, 1863, dies on the Sabbath, his last words were let us cross over the river and rest under the shade of the trees. Man. That is an awesome character. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome character, and there's so much more. I could do. I could do so much more. What, Chris? What are you looking at? Chris likes the, that. Last words doesn't love them. Well, here's a, here's part of the reason I love them. Stonewall Jackson viewed his whole life as belonging to God in a devotion to God, including combat, and passed over with such peace and saying words like that, I just thought it it was a perfect way to wrap up his life because that's how Stonewall would have viewed it. This is perfect. This is exactly as God wanted it. I'm going home now. I think it's the coolest thing ever. And his legacy is so complicated because, one, obviously the big reason was he fought for the South, and you— an American today, in 2020, are supposed to think of the South like the like the Third Reich, which is so stupid and absurd. Yes, the overall cause of fighting for slavery is abysmal. You shouldn't want slavery, obviously. But there were so many more complicated reasons for that war. The secession, the politics of it, the economics of it, Stonewall Jackson himself is so complicated, owned slaves and yet opened up a school illegally to teach slaves to read and write and opposed secession and would have joined the Union like so many in the South if you didn't invade. Remember, for so many in the South, for so many in America back then, it was a state's rights issue. I'm not fighting for slavery or against slavery. You're here on my land with an invading army. So we're fighting now. But it's a complicated time. And Stonewall's so complicated because you can either take the things you love about him or take the things you hate about him and run away with it. I mean that Stonewall Jackson was famous for having men shot for minor infractions. You can criticize him for that, but Stonewall Jackson would have had himself shot for minor infractions. Stonewall Jackson took his quirks and through sheer force of will, it seems like, forced himself to be amazing. Absolutely amazing. I find that kind of life Fascinating, especially when you consider where he came from, what he dug himself out of. I mean, that's real hardship, right? An orphan, runaway, fourth grade education at West Point, not a chance. And isn't that the most American of stories? Isn't that the ultimate American story? At least what we should have been. I was dwelling on this, and I have no idea why Stonewall popped into my head when I looked at this last night. But uh CBS White House correspondent Ben Tracy. He had a quote yesterday and, and it made my jaw drop. And I, I honestly, whenever I see Crazy things that make my jaw drop. I try to, as you can tell, I try to as best I can step back and analyze, what is this? Where is this coming from? What does this mean for this person? What does this mean for society? Like, what what is this? And he says to himself, well, he says, he puts this out on social media. This is a direct quote. In response to Trump getting out of Walter Reed, returning to the White House, he says, Quote, I felt safer reporting in North Korea than I currently do at the White House. This is just crazy. And it hits me that, man, we have not only become soft because we're fat, rich, and bored, you know, that's this is not I'm not criticizing Americans. That's what happens to very wealthy nations throughout the history of man. That's what happens every time. Once you get so wealthy, you get soft. It just it just happens. We become so fat, rich and bored that we've turned to victimhood as a hobby. It's now become a hobby. It's now become something that society as a whole they value so much. People gather themselves together in whole groups of victims and celebrate their victimhood and then lie about being victims of things. It's become the ultimate quest for everybody because we don't have anything else to do anymore. That's all this comes down to. We don't have anything else to do. We are bored. And so you get somebody like a White, House, a White House correspondent. You're just a reporter reporting on what goes on in the White House, but that's not enough for you. You have to be more. You have to signal just how outraged you are, victimized you are, whining you are about something. And it just slammed into me, man. Times have really, really changed for us. And I ask myself, how would we as a country deal with a civil war today? No, I'm not doing that thing where I think we're about to have one. One's about to cook off. I'm not doing that. But how would we handle it? Are there any stone walls left? That's 888 84 jesse or go to timesharejesse.com Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out.
0: Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com.
1: Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit mfm.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, is American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
0: I'm Saleya Mosen, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington.